Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Keep doing your thing because you never know. I might be sitting at home with a chicken bone, see y'all on TV. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> I know them, you know. And 
you know, I, I don't want to call him his real name. Chance has come a long way, and his music Thank you, is. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> this is the voice, and as I said before, T A Z host the show, man. A T A Z P A T A Z P T A Z. Sorry that I'm late. Things happen. Life happens. Let me move on. Sue R. Anderson, you hear me? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you well. <laughs> I am so sorry, Sue. <laughs> I'm doing okay. good. Good talking Things to happen. you. And talking um, to you too. Everything right now, good? Oh yeah, everything good. Everything good now. Okay. <laughs> we ain't right. gonna go into it, praise God. Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> This is an interview with Sue R. Anderson and uh later on around I guess uh nine thirty Eastern Standard Time, but uh seven thirty my well, eight thirty my time, uh Focus Atlanta. A uh, rapper, artist, extraordinaire, uh, call in too. Uh, Sue, I'm so glad that I got at least more than 30 minutes with you because once I read your book, Digging Deep for Change, I was like, man, it'll take all the whole show to talk about this because <laughs> oh, all, wow. yeah, all the points I want to hit, I want to hit. So I'm going to start off right now because I'm not wasting no time. I already wasted enough. Um, it's called Digging Deep for Change, and I'll let you give an overall uh, view of the book, exactly what you wanted to write and wanted your readers to get out of it. Okay, well, I appreciate that. Well, first, I just want to start off by saying I'm, I'm really excited to be a guest uh, tonight on your on your wonderful talk show. It's, it's, a, it's an honor and a privilege, so I thank you for having me on. Uh, Thank and, you. And especially to talk about a topic that's that's so personally pa- I'm so personally passionate about. So I just want to thank you for the opportunity and the airwaves to to get that out there. So thank you for the host. You're welcome. I appreciate. <laughs> well, basically, um, last April I kind of delved into something that I hadn't done before. I became an author. And uh, my book that you had uh, previously spoken about uh, is called Digging Deep for Change. And basically, you know what? It's my open diary, basically. It's my autobiography. I uh, wrote it uh, with the reader in mind. It's basically a journey of my life from beginning from the age of eight up until uh, present. And the different things that I had to deal with, and the, the, the backdrop of it was my morbid obesity. And uh, that, that's, a, that's a, um, a subject that's so deeply passionate for me because I've been there and I've almost died in my obesity. So health is really a primary focus with me, and not just for myself anymore, but for other people because I believe when God releases you from a struggle, then you have a testimony to give to someone else who's struggling in that respect. So that's why I, I felt led to to write Digging Deep for Change. So basically, it's a very raw, as you've, you said, you've read it, it's a very raw and transparent look at my life 
and what I've had to deal with, what I've had to struggle with, and not just the uh, the extreme uh, overweight issue that I had and the um, the very addictive personality that I had. I became addicted to, to Xanax. I became addicted to drugs for a time. Um, I also uh, was uh, very heavily addicted to food. And when people think in terms of addiction, a lot of times we don't. Most times people don't think in terms of food addiction. They think that, okay, you could just stop eating. You know, you just go on a diet, you know. That it, but it's not really that simple, especially when the issue is uh, psychological, like with most of us. It's, it's deeply emotionally rooted. And right. uh, that's what I that's why I kind of uh, I talked about in the book, and that's how it uh, kind of crescendoed into me spiraling out of control in essence and almost dying in my obesity before I turned my life around. So that's uh that's the backdrop of it. I wanna um, read a passage exactly what you just hit on when I I'll just say it your doctor is talking to you. I'm gonna be honest with you at the rate you're gaining weight coupled with your family history of hypertension, stroke and heart disease, you are a prime candidate uh, he continued Now if you're okay with someone else Raising your beautiful daughters Then proceed down the path that you Are going If not you need to make a decision to lose weight Much sooner than later The choice is yours Sue I have given you the information It's up to you what you do with it Do you have any questions For me And uh, I wanted to say that was I guess that was the point that you actually just like, whoa, this is serious now? Is that the point that you mm-hmm. just really realized it? Yeah, that was that was what I call in the book I call my light bulb moment. And I know sometimes uh, I know Oprah has kind of uh, touched on light bulb moments, and that's basically a, a point in our lives, like a turning point in our lives, where we realize that we're going down a deep and dark path. And then if we keep on going down that path, it's going to lead to ultimate destruction. So in God and his infinite grace and mercy, he will turn us around and he will uh, put us on a path to, to, to wellness, in essence, whether it's emotionally, physically, mentally. So my turning point came in about 2005 when I had reached mm-hmm. my peak weight of about 342 pounds. I had always been heavy, but I had that was like at, at my peak then. I was about 32 years old. I just had my my third daughter, and mm-hmm. uh, I had my daughter at uh, at the doctor's office with me. And he asked if he could um, speak with me. And the the excerpt that you read was was exactly what he said, almost verbatim. He said, "Listen, if if you're not going to do something about your weight, then you're going to die. You're not going to even reach 40." So, you know, if that's what you want to do, if you want someone else raising your kids, then you go ahead. And a lot of people say, when you know, when I tell that story, a lot of people say, wow, you know, that's pretty cruel. You know, how could he come at you like that? But I needed to hear it that way. And a lot yeah, of times people yeah. need to hear it raw. You know what I mean? You need to hear it raw. Yeah. And all my life I heard, oh, you're so cute to be a big girl. Are you? Oh, you lose a little weight, you'll be okay. My family tiptoed around it. You know, nobody ever mm-hmm. said, bam, you're going to die if you don't do something about your weight. If you don't do something about yourself, you're going to die. You're going to stroke out. And that was the point that I had to say, well, you know, at that point it really wasn't about vanity. It wasn't about 
me looking better physically, I thought about my kids. And I said, my right. God, you know, I want someone else raising my daughter. I have to be there for him, them because nobody can raise them like I can. So I need to be right. there for my girls. So that was really the, the, the kind of the tipping point. I, I needed to get myself healthy so I can be there for them. And, that, and, and, and it, it was a hard, rough journey. It was. It was. And thank God <laughs> that doctor. Lie. And thank God that doctor was blunt with you and to the point, because you needed that to just push you or really sling you in the right direction. Right, exactly. And I and I'm thank God for him. You know, I saw him maybe about three years ago. I saw him at a at an expo I was attending, and uh, he he didn't even recognize me. He he, <laughs> I had to remind him who I was. And I mm-hmm. had to my, well, thank you because you you saved my life. Had it not right. been for had it not been for Doctor Thomas, I probably would, wouldn't even be here speaking with you right now. I'd be dead somewhere. But that's that that was my wake up call. And sometimes we need other people to say, hey, you know, what are you doing? You're you're, you're killing yourself. And digging deep for change is just that. It's my lo- open love letter to every man and woman that wants and desires to lose weight and not only lose physical weight but lose the emotional weight tied with it because, you know, not the book ain't just about losing weight. It's about all the other things that kind of added on and kind of, you know, spiraled around the the obesity. So yeah. So you started going to a gym called Shapes and on the questionnaire the question that stumped you was how much do you weigh now? What was going through your mind when you was going to that questionnaire for the gym? You know what? I, when she asked me, and, you know, it's typical when you go to join a gym that they ask you, you know, they give you, you know, your, they want your basic stats, your name, and, and, and all the information, your height or what have you. And then when she asked mm-hmm. me how much do you weigh, I really couldn't tell her because I didn't really know, because I hadn't weighed myself, I think, since that period that I uh, that I had uh, with my doctor at that, that time, and that was probably about a year or so after I had um, went ahead and, and had that conversation with my doctor. I honestly didn't know how much I weighed, and I didn't want to weigh myself, because I knew that I was really, really, I, I, I knew that I was way heavier than I should be, and I was mm-hmm. ashamed. So I, I didn't, when I thought I didn't know, I did not know. And I was petrified because I knew the next question was going to be, okay, we'll step on the scale. Let's see how much you weigh. And then I would have to face, I would have to hear her say the, the numbers. I would have to see her write those numbers down. And that's the truth that I don't, that I wasn't ready to handle at that moment or so I thought. Now you go in the book because I'm, I'm rolling through the book because, uh, I loved every bit that I read. I was, there was emotional parts. There were funny parts. There was highs and lows. And the low that I'm talking about is when your sister, uh, Brenda, passed away. Um, yeah. You said when you you were on vacation, I'm thinking you were on yeah. vacation, right? And uh, you had to come back off of vacation. And yeah. your husband, who you really wanted to break it off with, was there to pick you up. Yeah started supporting you um with him coming back into your life how did you feel about that at that point in time 
stop that, but I really, you know, I was so completely, Brenda, who was my only sister, was um, more than just my older, my, my only sister. She was my best friend. She was a big part of me. So I was so deeply immersed in uh, extreme emotion at that time of her passing because when I left, she wasn't sick. When I came back, she was dead, or she was on life support, and just you know, with machines keeping her alive. So, I I was I, I guess I was too bad of a, a, a emotional state to even say, oh, you know, I'm happy that he's picking me up. We had you know, you went through the book, and without telling your reader too much, we had had some ins and outs and everything. My uh, my husband at the time, but I I don't think that I I don't think it really hit me that okay he's He's finally going to be there for me this time because I was so immersed in what I was feeling at the time. I wanted to die. When when they told me that she was on life support, I wanted to just lay down with her. That's, that's, that's how much I loved her, and that's the kind of grief that I felt at the time. Right. And, and like I said, when I read the book, I was like, well, she went over that hurdle, so we're getting ready to get back mm-hmm. on. But then, then – uh, the thing started happening with uh, some guy that was on a chat spot. I ain't going to say the real name of the chat <laughs> spot, but uh, it was chat spot. Because <laughs> you know I changed that name a little bit. You know I changed yeah, the name. Yeah, I know you, you, know, hey, <laughs> you, you had to. <laughs> right. So right. We, right. you met that guy, TBTT. I don't know if that's the real name because I was at chat spot too. <laughs> so I don't remember that. That name. actually was his online name, TBTC. Okay. Shout out, shout I? out, Blizzard. <laughs> I don't. But you, you like this? Uh, here it goes. Here's the little spot that I highlighted. By this time, I was familiar with the regular trollers in the '40s room, men who would flatter you with intention of possibly sexual encounter, but not all the men were so brash. And devious TBC was quite different. So uh, mm-hmm. explain that little. That yeah. Little well, you know what, and and that's what that's what um, that's that's what makes the book so interesting because it doesn't just focus on my weight issue. It, it, it focuses on every pinnacle part of my life, which a great big chunk of my life and and, and a lot of lessons that I learned were in my relationship, and I touched right. on, I tried to touch on that as much as possible because I'm no different than any, any other woman. You know, we want to be loved and respected, and, you know, we want to be cherished, and we're always looking for that, that great love, you know, somebody that's going to love us like nobody else. So, you know, I wasn't any different. So, yeah, I tried to kind of touch on my relationships. There's some that I'm very proud of, some, you know, maybe not so much. But TCTB actually served as kind of like almost like my lifeline at the time because again without without revealing too much of the book because I want the readers to pick it up. Uh during that time in my life I really needed an anchor. And right. uh, for me he was my anchor at the time. You know, he was what kept me kind of grounded and what kept kind of kept me from um dealing with uh some emotions that I wasn't ready to confront. And, uh, you know, kind of, you know, so, and, and in essence, you know, when I was dealing with him, I didn't want to eat as much, you know, so he was kind of like, he was like my anchor at the time. 
you know, right, right. or wrong, in the book, <laughs> in the book it, was a, it wasn't a uh, totally um, positive relationship, I'll say, but it's, it's what I felt that I needed at the time. It's what I felt at my heart time. needed at the time, was to have right. an uh, involvement with him. I know, I know uh, Sue, in the back of your mind, you're saying, Taz really just read this straight down the line, didn't he? Uh, I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed. Oh. <laughs> you know a lot about well, uh, the bus. I'm really impressed. Oh, no, no, no. That's that's the main reason why I had you on. And um, I said, when I was going through it, I was saying to myself, man, we need a whole show on this book because really a half hour does not do it justice at all. I'm telling you because, like I, you know, like I said, it's not just about my uh, my my journey in and uh, and um, obesity and then losing the weight, but it's also about relationships and you know and and how we can get caught up in stuff that we ain't got no business being caught up in for the wrong reasons, you know, loving the wrong man for the right reasons and all that other stuff. And so it's 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 not just a singular book with a singular subject. It's so many facets of it that I think that would really be uh, in, an interesting read, especially for a woman who uh, who goes through similar things. And I know, you know, right. when it all when, when when it all you know washes out, we go through the same things. You know, we go through the same hurts and and pains and everything. And it helps to uh, read about somebody that can actually relate to that. You go, wow, you know, I kind of see myself in Sue and. You know, wow, you know, I remember when I kind of went through that, that similar situation. But, yeah, it was um, it, it was definitely a, a roller coaster, uh, especially writing the book. It was a very emotional um, period, uh, even writing the book. I had to go to a lot of dark places in my head, you know. I had God right. had to send me a lot of dark valleys that I thought I had um I had come to grips with, and I thought I had closed certain chapters in my life and that I was okay, and I found myself literally bawling. Like halfway through writing the book, I would have to stop, and I would have to pray, and I would almost be hysterical crying because all of these memories would come back, um, all of the, the hurt and the pain that I had gone through. It's uh, mm-hmm. it, was, it was really a uh, cathartic uh, experience writing this book. And I just um, I want it to be a uh, a tool for the next woman or man that uh, that's going through and thinks that you know man I'm the only one going through this nobody understands can I get out you know is there hope for me and uh, yeah I just like I said it, you know it, it's my love letter it's my love letter to those who have gone through. And I just want them to know that you know what the, the same thing that God brought me through, He can bring you through too. You get just got to dig deep for it. You got to dig deep for your resolve, and dig deep for your uh, your diligence to change your life. You know, it's, it's, right. it's there. We just have to tap into it. Now, after the second dagger, when your father passed away, uh, your mm-hmm. brother Wayne, your stepbrother Wayne. Uh, he did. He did you a solid by giving you some yeah. advice. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll let you. I'll let you explain yeah. that. I'll, because I was like, go on ahead, Wayne, because somebody yeah. needed to tell this yeah. child what was going on. Well, well, you know, and and that is my brother. You know, that is. Um, 
I, I did not make up one line about Wayne when in my description, you know, and, and even till this day, he is uh, fiercely protective over me. I'm his little sister. You know, I only had two siblings. I had Brenda and I still have, you know, I still have Wayne. And he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's just a professor. He's always been like a, a big brother slash daddy, you know, kind of tell me what to do, you know, you know, you're going to do this and I don't think you should do this. And it's all out of love. And uh, the, the, the excerpt that you're talking about in the book is when he finally let me know that, hey, you know, you need to really re- reevaluate some things. You need to, to understand what you're dealing with now. Now that, you, now that your father has passed on, there's some things that you need to deal with and there's some decisions you need to make and there's some advice that I want to give you about what you need to do. And again, I try not try not to give too much away, you know, for for your readers. But sometimes you got to have somebody there to say, "Look, dummy, <laughs> you know what? You're gonna have to, you 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 know what? Look at what you're doing. Don't you know? Don't don't let love or what you think is love blind you from the truth." And that's basically what he was telling me. He was like, "Look, you know, hey, I'm just gonna let you know. I I know how niggas are." Right, right. Yeah, 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 but <laughs> but, but you gotta come. Hey, you gotta come wrong. You can come wrong here. You can come wrong. Okay, so I didn't know. You know, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Go on, say, say. <laughs> yeah, but you know, he told me like, you know, he just gave it to me real, and that's what I. At the time, I didn't want to hear it. At the time, I'm like, you know, what are you talking about? This is the man that I love. But you, you tripping? You know, why are you saying this? But it's so funny how. When, when you're in something, you can't see it, but everybody around you sees it. And I was literally so blind. And, you know, as women, we go through this. We are, we're so immersed in loving somebody or thinking that we love them that we can't see the forest for the trees. So everything was already there. I couldn't see it, but everybody else could, you know, everybody that was close to me. So that was, Wayne was just giving me a heads up, and I did not like that heads up. I did not, me and him almost fell out over that. But, you know, when it all came down to it, everything that he said, everything that he foreshadowed was the truth. And, uh, you know, in the book, I, I go, I jump right to that situation where he was right about everything he said. <laughs> yeah, and you were laughing. You were laughing to yourself so much that you didn't even pay attention to what your husband was talking about. You was like, man, he was right. Right, exactly. I'm like, well, I'll be doggone. He was right. And and he was right quickly, too. It's not like, you know, it took some time. That situation happened, like, you know, like right away. So, uh, but that's not something that, you know, that I hadn't heard from Wayne before or from Brenda or from my mother. You know, these were the things they had been telling me, but I was, again, you know, too blind to see. So, yeah. Yeah. That was that was one of the funny parts. I tried to keep the book light because it's such a heavy subject, you know, when you're dealing with um, uh, abuse that I talked about earlier in the book. You know, my uh, mm-hmm. my, my bout with uh, with with uh, sexual abuse, and when you're dealing right. with heavy, heavy for heavy subjects, you don't want the reader to be like, "Oh my God, let me just jump off the nearest cliff somewhere after I read this book." I tried to make the light, you know, some light moments in the book too, to kind of give the reader kind of like a you know, because you you really yeah. want to make it. You really you're reading a book. You're rooting for Sue. You like, 
I really want her to get it. She hasn't got that. I really want her to get it before something really bad happens to her. I want her to succeed. And, yeah. you know, in the, the little lighthearted moments, you know, the little the little kind of I tried to get some chuckles here and there for the reader to say that, you know, yeah, it's a dark, heavy subject, but there's some there's some laughter in there too. There's some there's some little cute stuff in there. Now, I re- when uh, you gave the papers to Daryl finally, I mean, and we done got all the way to almost the end of the book, and you ain't dra- you ain't jumped this dude off yet. Get out of here. Get out of my life. But when you finally, <laughs> let me say, yeah. when you finally gave the papers. And then uh-huh. dude got the nerve to say, huh, you, you serious? You were serious? What? Yeah. Where was he living yeah, at? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's so, you know, there's, there is a Daryl in every corner of every neighborhood on the face of the earth. There, you know, there's Daryls everywhere. And Daryl is a, is a, um, he's a typical male who, is manipulative enough to get the right kind of woman that will, that number one has low self-esteem because if you don't have any esteem, then you're going to allow things like that to happen, the different things that are allowed in the book to happen over and over and over again. And then you can kind of sweet talk your way out of it and kind of, you know, all baby, you know, next time it's going to be better, all baby, you know, the all baby, baby, baby. And he's the atypical right. all baby, baby, baby manipulator that, uh, you know, and, and then, you know, because because manipulators are also egomaniacs. They don't think that, you know, they they think you're supposed to be at their beck and call or whatever they're doing. They're supposed to just let that ride forever. So all day. That, yeah. the, the moment in the book is like, you know, when I finally say, hey, you know, I'm getting my life together. I've gotten over the, you know, I've gotten all up. I've gotten over all of these tragedies in my life and I'm doing better about my health. I'm losing weight. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling, I'm feeling uh, confident. I'm loving myself now. And one thing about it, when you start loving yourself, I mean, really loving yourself, loving who you are when you see her in the mirror or him in the mirror, that makes you invincible. That makes you not be able to take the kind of shit that you used to take. Excuse my language, but you said I should be wrong. Oh yeah, you can, you can. Praise God. But, uh, you know, <laughs> when you when you begin to develop a love of a real, I'm not talking about a vain, I think I'm so fine kind of love, but a love like I deserve. I'm God's, you know, I'm God's precious creature. I'm His daughter. I'm I, I'm a daughter of God. I'm a I'm a son of God. I don't need to be treated less than that. And when you realize, and then in the book, I realize it. And when that light bulb comes on, I, I want to adjust some things in my life. I'm like, whoa, 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 let's take the broom out. Let's start up here. And that was one of the main things. That that was the kind of the the weight that was around my neck that I had to cut loose in order for my deliverance to take, to take place. And when I right. finally got to that pinnacle part of the divorce, I did, and I was scared, and I was, I was petrified because in a lot of ways I was petrified of him. I was afraid. We had never, he had never abused me physically. You know, that that's, you know, that's nothing that I never have to deal with. But somewhere in my mind, I still felt like he was more superior than I was. So I was, I had a, almost a fear of telling him that, look, this is what I want to do. This is what is best for me. So it, it took everything that I had, and I asked God, to, you know, give me the strength 
to be able to confront this man and let him know, look, this is not this is not working for me anymore. I can't allow you to to be this weight around my neck. I have to let you go. I have to. And that's what yeah. I did. And, you know, and his reaction was like, what, what, wait, what? You know, because it's the ego. It's like, how dare you? What? You don't be me? Yeah. You know, yeah. so that was, you know, that was that point in the book. Like, you know, he couldn't believe, like, I can't believe that you actually get balls enough to say that you're going to finally leave, you know, because I had made the threat so many times before. I had said it so many times before, like countless times, I'm going to leave. And then, you know, all oh, baby, baby. And then, you know, the huggy, huggy, kissy, kissy thing. And then, bam, right. you know, all is forgotten. So, you know, mm-hmm. when I finally got up that courage to leave, it was it was a huge turning point in my life. So many things happened uh, that uh, resulted of that decision for me to finally stand up for myself and for my children. You know, I wanted us to be right. whole. We weren't whole in that situation. Well, one of the many things that happened which, you know, me being in the chat spot, uh, <laughs> hint, 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 hint yeah. as I say that. Hint, hint, um, hint, right. <laughs> you met uh, Chander. Uh, I did. On, and uh, when I got to that spot, I really smiled because I was like, man, I remember. I know him. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I know this dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's my boy. That's my point. Right. So, so, so explain that when you when you him. That was very. Um, it was very unexpected. It was uh, it was crazy how it happened. It's, it's just amazing how God kind of like just moves pieces of your life together, and you and you know it's it's it was such it was so odd because Candy wasn't looking for me. I wasn't looking for him. I was originally, like I said in the book, I was on ChatSpot for the main reason because ChatSpot, and we won't say the real name, you know, now let's say going to pay me. But, yeah, for real. <laughs> but, <laughs> me too. But, right, and you too, exactly, for real. <laughs> but, um, you know, the main reason why people are on social media, and for those that haven't read the book, ChatSpot was like a um, – it's like a, a, it's a social media forum like um, how Facebook is or MySpace is back in the day, a forum where people come in, chat, you have your chat name, you have your profile, and you go in and chat rooms, and then you, you know, you kind of um, kind of chat around. Some people go in there looking for booties. Some people go in there looking for conversation, you know, just a, a plethora of people in a, in a group, uh, you know, just chatting and, you know, just doing what they're doing there. So when I went on, it was it was it was a break from reality for me. You know, uh, uh, I had been on ChatSpot for years, on and off. Mm-hmm. But during the time when I was contemplating divorce and I was going through so many emotional changes with the death of my parents and my sister, um, and then my anxiety bouts, uh, which I had a, a lot of um, serious um, anxiety going on, I needed a release. You know, since I didn't smoke, I didn't drink, and, you know, I was trying to, you know, lose weight at the time, so I couldn't, like, you know, gorge myself on food to kind of chill myself out. I went on ChatSpot, and um, so I would go on there first, you know, on and off for an hour or two, and then, you know, as I kind of built a rapport with folks like you in there, I mean, of course, uh, I, I met Taz in there, and um, right, a couple right. other people I, I virtually met. I actually... Um, 
we actually kind of created a family unit there. You know, y- y'all became, you know, the guys in there. We had, you know, Candor and Taz, and then, you know, there was um, How You Love It and, you know, all of these different, you know, folks in there with their screen names, you know, which we still call each other our screen names. People still call me Eyes. People still right. call Candor uh, the Candor. But, um <laughs> So, you know, so when you're when you're in that kind of community, you get kind of tight. So as we were talking and everything, I had noticed, um, I had noticed Candor in there. Because remember, I had been talking to TCTB in the same forum. So, you know, right. when, when that thing got down, I started talking to uh, a, a user, uh, his name was Candor. And Quiet do, you know, you remember Quiet wouldn't say much, and every once in a while he'll 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 throw something out there, you know. Right. And right. Uh, I, you know, I laughed at his jokes. Some of them were corny; they were cute corny, so I laughed at them, you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, kind of, you know, so it was very innocent at first, mingling and everything. But there was something about him that was different than the other uh, chatters in there, because like I said in the book, you know, you always deal with the the lurkers and the stalkers and the ones that just you know, the, their main reason for chatting is to somehow get with you and, you know, and, and, you know, have something go down. But I wasn't, I, honestly, I wasn't on there for that. I just needed, at that time, I needed some companionship. I needed somebody to kind of chat with and laugh with, to take, take you know, kind of the heaviness off my life. And and Kendra did that for me. You know, he we, we started talking and we had found out we had mutual interests. Um, we talked about chicken, we talked about Hooters wings, which is what we, that was our connector right there, because he loved food, and I love food, too, so we were talking about Hooters wings, so it kind of mm-hmm. went from there, you know, uh, I was by myself in private chat with Candor 90% of the time, you know, and I was like, and then finally said, you know what, we're not really saying nothing in the room, why don't we just kind of talk offline? So he had a radio show at the time, like yours. He had a uh, old school R and B, uh, like a Quiet Storm type forum. I know you didn't know right. that, but yeah, y'all, y'all got that in common. He's a DJ too. So yeah, uh, I, 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 I kind of knew about that. I did know about that. Did you did, did you remember that? Because I remember he he mentioned it sometime in the room that he was. Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember. His, <laughs> yeah, his own radio show. So um, I would find myself listening to his radio show and, you know, kind of, you know, feeling kind of giddy. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? You know, but but what am I feeling here? And the more I would talk to him, I would find out that we really had some serious um, mutual things going on with us. He had been through a bad divorce. I was about to go through one. You know, he had children. His children were grown. I have children. We were both very grounded, you know, in our spirituality. You know, we were both, you know, saved. We both loved God. We uh, um, A lot of our conversations initially were about our love of God and everything. So I loved that about him. And it kind of just flourished. You know, he never came at me with sex, you know, like, like, like I expected him to do eventually because, 90% of the time, that's how conversations usually, you know, you kind of, you know, you throw those little sex hints out there to see who will bite. But he never did. He never did. And I, that impressed me more. And I'm just like, okay, either he is like really, really a really nice guy and really has a good moral base or he's gay. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe gay. <laughs> I had no clue. So, so there y'all go. 
Right. I was like, well, if he's gay, then, you know, he just he's a real cool gay guy. But it turns out that wasn't the case at all. He just, he told me that he just, you know, I like you for you. And, you know, if that's something that happens down the line, we get, you know, something going in that aspect later on, and that's fine. But I just want to know who Sue is. And he was really interested in me, not in anything else. He wanted. He right. didn't want anything but my time, and that's not something that I was used to. I was used to men wanting something more from me, wanting something more. He just wanted to talk to me. He just wanted to get to know me. He just wanted to help me through what I was going through, and it was genuine. It wasn't any bullshit to it. It was like, you know, I really want to, you know, I care about you, and it kind of flourished from there. And I'm I'm glad that uh, he uh, met you guys at uh, in- ended up meeting both at the meet and greeted in uh, the ATL. Also, yeah. um, also I sent you a gift when y'all got married because the same thing is the same reason I met my wife on chat spot. <laughs> I, I met my wife on chat spot. I did not know yeah. that. <laughs> not in the room, but uh, on that okay. dating part where you where people okay. hit you up on the dating part. Yeah, and that's how I yeah. met my wife. And uh, oh, and I felt, cool. and I felt that y'all was like, hey, same thing happened to us. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, that, that's like I think that that will be. You know, people ask me when are you going to write your second book. So you know, I, I'm really, I'm, I'm. That's kind of in the works now, and I really want to focus on that because I think with the first book, I basically touched on everything that needed to be touched on with regard to my personal journey and my physical and emotional journey in that aspect. But I think I want to, you know, kind of go into, delve into, you know, kind of like an online dating kind of thing and try to maybe like a, even Kendra and I were talking about maybe doing a a split book. Maybe he does the first part of the book and I write the the second part of the book. Because folks don't think that That would be interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, and I, from his perspective and then from my perspective, because I can tell you my side, but he has a side too, you know. So um, we were thinking about that. But, yeah, it definitely – people think that online relationships either – like my folks are telling me when I told them, and, you know, I'm from Chicago, born and raised in the shy, and, uh, you know, Craig is originally from – Cantor is originally from Georgia, but he uh, spent a greater, greater part of his life – uh, had his kids in uh, Delaware, so you know my people are like, you you met some dude from Delaware, and uh, <laughs> is he crazy? Uh, what you know? Is, are you that desperate? People are like, girl, are you that desperate? I'm like, I'm not desperate at all, you know. And there's like a stigma, like if you meet somebody online, it means you can't meet nobody offline. Like something wrong right, with you. Right, right, right. And you know, nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, you know, you meet crazy, and when people say, how do you know he was crazy? I'm like, hell, how did he know I wasn't crazy? You know? Right, so, right. You know, you can meet crazy people at church. You can meet crazy people at the club. You can meet crazy people at the grocery store. You know, so it doesn't Anywhere. mean because you meet somebody in that virtual realm, it doesn't mean that, you know, that something's wrong with them, that they're some kind of serial killer or something. I mean, you know, well, don't I think that really, I really enjoyed the book totally. Was very impressed. Um, I want you to tell the people exactly where they could get it. Absolutely. Well, um, 
Well, first of all, if you want a, a couple snippets of the book, you can go on uh, Facebook. I have an author's page on Facebook, and you can just, on the search bar, you can search Susan, S-U-S-A-N-R Anderson, A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N, author. And then that uh, that is my author's page, and there are uh, a nice nice chunks of the book that there's some, some juicy bits in the book. That as a uh, kind of like an appetizer, you know, before you actually uh, uh, purchase the book. And when you decide to go ahead and purchase it, then you can go. There's two ways you can do that. Actually, three ways. Uh, you can go on the book's website, which is ddfchange.com. And that's ddf as in Frank, change.com. That is the book's official website. Uh, you can purchase the book there. You can also get it autographed copy of the book on the official website so that's pretty cool and then you can go to Amazon we're available on Amazon uh, you can just type in the search digging deep for change will pop right up there and the book is also available in a Kindle format for those that don't want to carry around the book is and, and if you have the book you know that's a, that's a, that's a nice size book there that's a nice <laughs> that's a nice big book for you nice hearty book but for those that prefer an electronical uh, version of the book, then uh, they, we have it in Kindle version. And then we're also in Barnes & Noble. So you can check the book out on barnesandnoble.com, Dig and Dig for Change. Well, Susan, Sue, I, <laughs> I, gave, them all, I gave all your names. I, That's right. I, I, I think you got all of them, yeah. I want, I want you um, on this, um, my third, my third novel, this soap opera. I want you to be the overseer, the uh, the person that I sent it to. So, not the editor, more or less, but uh, somebody to give me, you know, whether it's realistic or not. Sure. So, I'm gonna talk to oh, you about that because it it'll be like a year project because I usually write about 600, 600 uh, pages, just just as much as you write. <laughs> so yeah, for, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for one whole yeah, story, so. I, yeah. I will be sending you spots uh, back and forth. So when I send it back, because I'm getting ready to finish up this comic book that I'm writing, so I got to get done with that. And then once I get done with that, I'm going to write my third one. So, yeah, I, I kind of want you to, you know, be the overseer, the the, the looker on, uh, okay. <laughs> the reviewer, you know will. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, it'll it'll be a pleasure to read it, and I'm sure it'll be phenomenal. I'm I'm looking forward to it. And thank you so much for uh, having me on your program. It was uh, a pleasure. I, I know we we talk to each other via Facebook and Chatbot and all that other stuff. Yeah. But uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, brother. You know, I thank you for the opportunity and giving Digging Deeper Change the platform that it deserves, that it needs. Um, this book is not about me at all. I, I, you know, I tell Craig all the time and I tell anybody else that will listen that this book is not about me. When I ask God to help me write this book, to give me the strength and the vision and the fortitude to complete it, don't let it be about me. Let it be about the, the healing that is going to come forth from the book. And that's what I wanted to do. There's a lot of our sisters out here that are dying in record right. numbers from uh, preventable uh, diseases, heart disease, stroke, hypertension, taking us out of here way before, you know, time 
for us to leave this earth. And it's from preventable things like obesity, about the things that we eat. So I want to just encourage your listeners out there to really consider, you know, the conversation that we've had and to, you know, to kind of get a different outlook, a a different outlook on their lives. And even if you don't have a weight issue, you know, the things that are holding you down, the things that you need to dig deep for change in, whatever, what area of your life that is, that God can help you through it. You just have to have a willing heart. He will do the rest. I'm a living witness to that. So I just want to encourage each and every one of your listeners out there to um, strive to be the kind of person God created you to be. And, uh, you know, God bless you all. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Sue. Uh, Next time you'll be on, we'll just uh, have you on as a co-host, and you can uh, talk to some artists probably. Oh, that'd be great, yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. I know you you do the music thing. I would love to come on your show and talk from that angle because, you know, I love love hip-hop. I'm an old-school R&B kid. I'm from Chi-Town. I love house music. I'm a house head to the bone. So I would love to come on and talk (laughs) to some of your artists. Yeah, that's what's up. You, You and your husband both are house heads, I know. Yeah, you know what? He's he a little late. He a little late on board. He a little late. He's but he's getting into it. You know, I I know really? him about how. Yeah, because you know, I. But you know, he's, I, he's from Georgia. As a matter of well, fact, why don't you? He's right here. Why don't you say hi to Candor? He's right here. He's being all shy. Candor, what's up? What's up, Candor? What's, what's up, going on? What's what's going on? <laughs> how you doing? How you doing, dog? <laughs> I'm all right. What's going well, on? That's good, I appreciate man. Appreciate taking time out. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but hey, I I I love your wife's book. I was very impressed with the talent, all of it. When I read it, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me pick my spots and choose. I couldn't hit every angle because I would have gave the whole book away because I had a I had a whole lot of more stuff marked off. Like I was reading the Bible. I was, I was ready to say. I was like, dog, he all up in it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I but you, you was getting ready. To, I thought you was getting ready to cover the whole book. <laughs> I was I was getting ready to, <laughs> but it's it's good talking to you both uh, again. Uh, I love you guys like family. You know y'all like family to me, and I uh, I wish nothing Absolutely. but I wish nothing but more success for you, Sue, and your writing and your endeavors. And like I said, you're gonna be the overseer on this third uh, soap opera that I wrote. So. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, send it to me. Says shoot me and shoot it to me on my email, and I'll uh, definitely look it over and 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 give you my thoughts and everything. And best of luck and wishes. And please uh, tell your lovely wife I said hello. And, I definitely uh, will. You brother, keep doing that 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 music that that people are vibes to. You doing your thing too. So you know, God's blessings on you right. as well. Well, thank you, Susan, and uh, thank you, Candor for being on the show as well. I'm going to play one of my songs. Hopefully, my boy Focus will call in. If not, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, this song is called Dummy for Love that I wrote last year. Uh, it's on the new presidential CD. Got me. Got me. Whether it's right. Whether it's right. Or it's wrong. Or wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whether she loves me, speak on it. 
Is it wrong for me to just kiss you Then lock you in my arms cause I miss you And make love through the night That carrying on We'll keep it straight, yo Keep us tight But you get side talk Just lipping with the panties in a bunch Straight tripping Got me loud talking I'm flipping Find another big booty I'm dipping But is that the right way for me to go? There's a life on the streets Trying to be a hoe Pretty ass lip side Here I go But the pounding in my heart Saying yo nigga no And I wonder can I just love ya Said no one to hire anyone above ya This is what real niggas made of I can't fall for dummy love So you say you just love me When you act like all above me And I just wanna hold you tight Say things to pick Just gotta have a fight I want your love to get naked You're telling me you can't take it I'm so hot you could fake it Lay down, close your eyes, then fake it Nah, ain't nobody here being real I'm popping off things that I feel Cause my heart's been damaged I can't cope or even manage I guess love is being true Cause it hurts a lot loving you So you say you just love me When you act like all above me What? Tell the people exactly what you do, brother. 
You want me to tell the people what again, man? The exactly. GPS lady was talking. Oh, okay. Exactly <laughs> what you do. Exactly what you do. Oh, oh man, I'm a poet, MC, promoter, project manager, show producer, uh, street team marketer. Uh, I do some of everything, man. I'm uh, been doing it, doing it for a minute, 20 years in entertainment and uh, project manager in corporate America and in entertainment as well. So. So whatever needed to get done back in the day to be successful or have some shows, you know, we the original grinders, you know what I'm saying, learn from the best to get out here and grind, make it happen yourself, and make nobody else going to do it for you, you know what I mean? So. I'm going to te- tell you, when I first heard you, because you've been on the show before, when I first heard you, I was like, man, this brother be spitting. So <laughs> I, I was like, I got to get him on. For real, <laughs> by all means necessary, I had to get you on, and I always check you out because we're on social media and we're on Facebook, and every time you post some or you know you post some some here some there, I always check you out, man, and I just want to say you be doing your thing, baby, because uh I was like, I don't know how he does it, <laughs> I appreciate it, man, it's like. Everybody uh, that I associate with, especially since they want entertainment that I respect, is, uh, you know, they keep it busy, man. Even before social media came around, you know, we was finding innovative ways to get people to our shows. And, uh, and you know, just because, uh, you know, we took the role let's travel. It's, you know, it's a lot easier for those that are just willing to, uh, you know, just do what everybody wants them to do, the cookie cutter stuff. But, you know, we want to want to always give people some substance in everything that we do, whether it's comedy or, or you know, emceeing or show productions and the music and, and everything that we do. We want to give them something to put some meat on their bones with from a soulful thing. So so uh, that's just uh, the breed that I come from, man, and how we uh, came up, you know, to go hard and go home. Well, I'm so, I'm so glad because uh, every time I listen to one of your songs, I'm always feeling it. And I got the whole CD, and I'm like, yeah. I'm feeling every song on there, and it, uh, even my wife is going. He's jamming, and how come you? How come you just hogging the CD? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the song okay. first and ten. The song first and ten. I know you ain't talking about football, but I I love the song and uh, give the people exactly uh, what it's about. So pretty much we're using the analogy of football, man. You know, uh, we need a new first and ten. We need a new start. Uh, you know, change our mindset and just get back to the, uh, you know, just get back to the essence of what real hip-hop and real soul music is all about. You know, music that you can learn from and grow from and live by. Uh, and also just in our daily lives, we need a new first and ten. We need uh, better teaching. We need to come together as a collective. You know, it applies to all those things, man, just a brand new start, you know. So no matter what situation you're in, no matter what you're going through, good or bad, you know, every day is a new day. You have a chance to change, chance to do better, you know. And like Cee-Lo said back in the day on that first Goody Bob album, uh, you know, he just blessed to have a day to do better, basically, to paraphrase. But, but uh, yeah, first to ten, me and my boy uh, Dashiell Smith, uh, you know, I came up with the concept uh I was trying to think of the perfect MC to collab with on that one, and uh, Dash was the first one that came to mind. So I hit him up. He was with it, and uh, came together very nicely. Uh, produced by uh, my boy DJ Nervex as well, man. Y'all check out DJ Nervex on social media, and uh, you know the brothers uh, real dope with the with the production. So it all came together nicely, man. 
you are happy to have thrown away perhaps the greatest sports career since the war. I have all the ideas. In a way, I haven't lost it. I would say I turned it down. I'm not, uh... See, the greatest sports title means nothing, mister, if you cannot be free. See? Boys in Vietnam are throwing away, you may say, their lives. I haven't did that much. I'm still living. They are dying today to free somebody they don't know. So what in the hell is a heavyweight title and a few stinky dollar bills for my people's freedom? The one thing that comes through now with him is the goodness of the man. He is a good, genuinely nice man. Distraction the nemesis. So we put in passion with the penmanship. Cause time's like a five minute with Give it to the unlimited. Say a prayer when you finish it. You bear no resemblance. Reflection, eternal shit. Classic equal permanent. Something to never forget. When both just start circling, rest in peace. To the beat straight up. Disrespecting it. Microphone checking it. I know something's coming to the surface. If you need an example, here's a perfect one. NYC and Ferguson. It's so cold to perform a chokehold. Just because a brother don't want those that's supposed to be protecting and serving him, killing them, searching him. Now nah, that's cold, yeah, that's cold. A hundred and ten times worse than them. God bless the soul of black women and men. Bump those that chose to purchase them. Generations later, they still got a curse on them. Not talking about the color of skin, I'm talking about the hearts of sin. No justice, no peace within. Even Jesus wouldn't want to go to church with them. I can't breathe because my heart hurts for them. The victim of the system. We're in. No championship, still print t-shirts for them. We need a new star, so we march forth and two. We get to a new first and ten. March forth and two. We get to a new first and ten. We need a new first and ten. Reflecting on her adolescence, slowly trying to regain her ever-disappearing essence. Maybe it's Maybelline that could help her recapture. But Revlon couldn't make her for the lost chapter. Her birthday was like the middle of June. And she was born with a smile that could be little than no one. Her folks made sure before her visit was blown. She was surrounded by academics and spiritual tones. Her father brought fear in the room. Gave her limited room for fun in the sun. Eclipsed the right to be young. And when she wanted to run, he gave trip because she wasn't his son. Mother's concern was little to none. Those fun girl chats mom wasn't open to. She said, young ladies only speak with spoken to. Keep your legs closed, no sending no foolery. Thinking that it could control her hormones. But as time flew, her body and mind grew. Looking for ways a cage spirit to shine through. Money could get her free, get with dreams to be in a reality R&B people or fashionista. Learn how to pull dollars, rock fur and wool collars. Collars on a full scholar, wilder than a full holler. She was mad door on an all-campus. To those with the nerve to serve the peace and She ended up with a cat who turned pro running back. He fumbled with her heart, but she kept running back. Her smile dimmed, her field position worse than then. Ironic. At least she's still stretching for the first and ten.
First and ten, Focus ATL. Yo, <laughs> I I was still jamming to that song when it was playing again because I'm like, yeah, I love that song right there. It jumped. That was the I think that was the first track on the CD. Am I correct? A better tomorrow, but it was the first track on the CD. Correct. Hello. Had you on mute, my brother. My bad. Okay, my bad. I wanted to make sure. Now, sometimes on the show, it just drop off. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> please don't tell me that." But uh, that's the first track on the on the CD, correct? Yeah, yeah. I had to start it off with that one, man. That just with Muhammad Ali uh, with samples yeah. starting it off. Yeah, that one. Uh, that one just uh, said something to me, man. That that really. Yeah, I recorded that song probably. Six or seven songs. Like once I recorded that one, that that set the tone for the rest of the album. You know, we had other songs recorded, but I wasn't sure exactly where I was going with it. And uh, you know, that one just it just fit. That was the essence that I was looking for, and it came together perfectly. So when you uh, go in the studio and you put down these tracks, you uh, you should go in with a plan on exactly what you want the CD to say, or is more like you feel the music and then it comes to you. Uh, it happens in a bunch of different ways, uh, but you know, I I don't if I don't have a concept yet, I don't let that stop me. Especially if I have some dope beats and dope production already, uh, you know, already uh, you know set up. You know what I'm saying? So right. I, I got a hang of dope producers and everything. It's hard to choose which ones I'm <laughs> I'm gonna end up rolling with. You know what I'm saying? Because there's so so many talented individuals in the camp. So uh, right. so I just take take a song by song, just jump in the studio and uh and make it happen, man. Just take a song by song. Don't let the pressure of the concept and all of that stuff, you know, stop me. Because I've let that stop me before because I didn't know what I wanted to do, you know what I'm saying, yet, you know, I used to work that way. And then I said, you know what, take the pressure off. i got a day job, so I'm going to eat. <laughs> so just right, create right. something dope, you know what I mean? So, so that's right. what happened. <laughs> so uh, when, when you go in and uh, – perform i guess you set your line up on different songs that you want to do you, uh, you pick the hottest ones how do you go about that when you're doing the live performance uh depends on if i'm performing with a band uh what the situation is from venue wise if it's an ill spot or if it's a classy spot like a school or a church or or whatnot so um, right you know if i got full creative control and i can do and say as i please or whatnot uh, I really, you know, I just like those head nodding joints, and I like to see the people's head nodding. So, um, you know, I, I really want them to hear the substance and the lyrics too, though. You know what I'm saying? So, so if uh, we going to rock out and all of that, you know, it just all depends on the circumstances of the venue where I'm performing. You know, and uh, you know, I just want to make my mama proud either way it goes. <laughs> now, now the song intertwine because. Of course, I had to play that one, brother. After I heard it, I was like, yeah, I'm feeling that. I'm really feeling that. How did you come about with that song, dog? Uh, Intertwine. Uh, my boys, uh, Evolution Be Known, they produced the cut. And, uh, you know, they gave me about 20 instrumentals. And I swear I was going to use every one of them. I was going to do a 20-song album. Because <laughs> that was dope. It was hard to choose, like, which ones I wanted to go with. And, and uh, when I heard that one, you know, I, I already knew I wanted to be a collab with a, with a uh, female MC, and uh, you know, just bring it home on something sensual, nothing raunchy or anything like that. But you get the point, you know what I'm saying? Something real sensual right. and 
and it's dope, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Larry Jones, she's a dope MC as well. And, I, you know, she was one of the first people I had in mind when uh, when I hit her up, she was with it. So we came up with it, Intertwine. Like I'm sensual with an unconditional picture for the art that her man has. She's attracted to the complex mind where she finds eyes, no ends, curves, no bends. A best friend with answers to recommend. Two hands that understand the need for her fingertips. She likes to grip from the sweet juice from the fruits. She picks, she licks, she shares with a man who runs five fingers through her head in such a way to make her say nothing at all. She just savors the flavor. In her man's behavior Because she knows she has me The same way I have her So we have each other Over and over infinitely Because she's the L-O-V-E Of a woman to me In the twine In the twine, yeah In the twine, in the twine, yeah With twists and turns, kisses from lips that burn to touch any and every. Right now, the black cherry, the back of her neck. I watch it get wet from behind. The climax provides the wine as her hands intertwine like French braids. We're like ten spades, one heart, two diamonds, no clubs, black love, jacuzzi baths, uh, sweet smelling suds, and oils for back rubs, all because massages after body washes takes her away like Calgon. Tell Ryan where you like it, want it, need it, even if we get weeded. I don't mind getting intertwined like French braids. So what do you say? Crochet connection, homemade affection, nothing forced to flame one torch, like room. Now you see the details of our intricacies, staring intimately, full course, hole in one. He's the only one in the same mind frame, never blind game. In the twine, like my hair through my rat tooth comb, all bases packed to send babies home. Jones in for that unspoken shit, you see only in movie scripts, the cutesy bliss if need be. That Martin and Gina, like TV, jokes for days, a clowning face. You are not just work, it just is. Like the special taste in the best dish, like stone throw and mad live. We got the champion sound, keep an ambient ground, no ad libs. Focus ATL. You said uh, our hands intertwine like French braids. What? <laughs> yeah, I, I was feeling that. Hey, and I understand what you talk about. You wanted to do 20 tracks with them cats because, man, that was bad. That was funky as hell. 
So yeah, I I understand. Yeah, man. You ain't heard nothing yet, man. Like I say, be friends with Evolution Be Known on Facebook and social media. They got mix like instrumental mixtapes and I mean right. they don't even need lyrics on their beats, man. They so so jazzy and funky and everything. And they just got well, hey, quality. Hey, write that write that in my messenger so I can look them cats up. Because, yeah, that okay. that was like when I heard it, I said, yeah. I, you know, I do production myself, and I and uh-huh. I write and do my own thing too, and I make my own beat. So when I heard that, I was like, man, that is that is funky. <laughs> and I was like in the car with it on blast, and my wife's head was going, and mine was too. <laughs> I said, he jamming. I, I looked over. You know, I took my eye off the road for a quick second. I looked over at it. I said, he slamming, ain't he? <laughs> Just <a> slim. <laughs> hey, hey yeah, brother, give your imp- yeah. Go on. I'll go no, I was gonna no, say no. everybody loved that. Everybody loved that joint, man. And uh, you know, God willing, I can get that one on the radio as uh, the first major single off that album, man. But uh, yeah, everybody's yeah, feeling it that way. There's a there's a few more hot ones on there now. Don't don't get me wrong, cause I like the whole CD. But I I was oh, yeah. feeling that the one. Whole, as well. The whole thing is hot now. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. The whole thing is hot. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Because I like the steppers joint. I like consequences. Uh, skipping school. Uh, song for mama. I like that song too. The title track better tomorrow. Uh, tell the people exactly where they can uh, cop to join at and get your CD. All right. The new website is days away from being uh, up and active where folks can actually go there and support me and pick up my music and uh, where I get paid directly off of it instead of Spotify uh, raping everybody still. But uh, you can check my website out at Focus, A-T-L, M is in music, G is in gold. So FocusATLMG.com or uh, at FocusATL all over social media. And uh, everybody, please join the Focus ATL Music Group on Facebook, and you'll be able to keep up with me and my shows and everything that way until the uh, website is actually up and active, too, man. So at Focus ATL everywhere, especially on Facebook and Instagram. Well, I want to thank you again, Focus, for coming through. Uh, I'm going to ask you here on the radio show, hey, man, you come to uh, Dallas next year in October when I had this annual house party. You need to come through and put one joint out, and believe me, my wife gonna have people buying your CD at the party. So I'm serious in a mug. I do these parties every year, but we just moved uh, to uh, Texas, and next year I'm gonna do it, and it's on uh, the Columbus Day holiday in October. So I will okay. keep you informed. I, I really would love to have you just do an A selection, not an A and B, but an A selection like they do in church sometimes too. They have an A selection. <laughs> so just come through, eat, drink, and have a good time because we're going to have some people up in here. So, uh, again, I will inform you of that, and I appreciate you, bro, for coming through. Hey, man, I appreciate y'all for having me, bro, and I'll definitely be out there in Dallas. Uh, I have, I'll be out there much sooner than that. So when I get out there, I'll definitely let you know and holler at you, bro. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'll let say, me know, I'll man. I'll say I'll be blessed for you. For sure, well, for you sure. Take we'll care, do it, man. All right, you take too, care. Same, man. You too. That's Focus ATL. I'm going to end the show with uh, my cousin, the silent stepchild, on his joint, uh, Move. He's the producer on it, and uh, he had uh, uh, Scott Free on his joint.
gotta go with the flow, I'm a runaway. A lot of ladies in the club, please put your gun away. We can beef on another day. Anyway, move, move. If you wanna have fun, I ain't even left the crib. I'm already half drunk. All the smoke is probably bad for my asthma. But I'ma hit it to the tip like it's the last one. Your first impression might be I'm an asshole. You goddamn right, bitch. Plus, I'ma ask you to buy me a drink. So what you think about my fortified leadership? It's five o'clock and you know that we ain't leaving yet. Everybody dance around so hard they make the ceiling sweat. Some people like to chill. I guess they keep it real. And if the party's popping, just imagine how the speakers feel. That's a change of pace. So let the haters hate because I don't like them anyway. Move, move. I ain't here to act hard. Everybody move around. Ain't no need to back off. Move, move. Like you to run your ass off. Everybody move around like this gonna be the last song. Move, move. If you chilling in your backyard, even if you out of space and feel that you gonna blast off. Move, move. When you see me coming past y'all, moving to the bar because I heard them holler last call. I got it hot up in here, but the beer is cold. Sneaking in a bottle that I brought from the liquor store. When she ready, grab my shit and go. My head is heavy and I'm ready for some head that's slow. So move, move. Don't you do it too fast. I'ma let her win so she knows that I'm coming last. How do I begin when I'm already in the ass? I don't want children, so my words ain't just getting rapped. And them is just the facts, so you can just relax. Even if she claims it's clean, I'ma strap a prophylax. So I-